tradition of bringing you not only classic hard rock, but bringing you the best of new rock as well. Today, Radio Bypass is pleased to speak with the band The Loyal Order. Joining us today is Jeff Buner and Brandon Cook. Welcome to Radio Bypass, guys. Thanks, Ralph. Hey, how you doing? Doing pretty good, you know, under the circumstances with uh, what we've been dealing with the last couple of months. Can't complain. How about you guys? Yeah, same here. Yeah, man. yeah, that's, uh, it's, def- it's definitely a strange moment we're all going through, man. The invisible monster in the air, and uh, it's, it's definitely got us uh, in, in a different uh, a different paradigm right now, trying to, like, you know, navigate our way through this and, and you know, keep keep uh, everything from everything rolling ahead. And, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can, you know. Everybody's kind of staying put, and uh, but we're getting business done, man. That's for sure. We're, we're getting after it. Just about ready to get, yeah. uh, release our record next month. And, uh, well, in July, actually, so a month and a half, but we're going to do a pre-sale on our record next month. And uh, so... Having a little bit of downtime is not a bad thing for us right now because we got so much uh, to prepare for that, you know. So sure, sure, yeah, and that was, uh, we're doing the best we can. Yeah, it's all we can all do, right? And you mentioned that, you, oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned you got a record coming out, and that was going to be one of my questions. So um, on on Radio Bypass, we featured um, a single called "Ready for Dead," and that was a re-release, I guess, this year. It was originally. Um, released independently in 19 and then re-released recently and I wasn't sure about a record yeah. and then I know Jeff you're um, you're the bass player and the vocalist right and Brandon you play uh, guitar that's correct and then who's handling uh, drumming duties yeah, I'm the- Kyle Baltus is actually our drummer. He plays with, uh, also plays with Light the Torch, Howard Jones's project from uh, uh, Kill Switch Engage. Um, and uh, I'm actually not the bass player in this band. I am a bass player as well, but I'm just the lead singer in this band. Oh, okay, so strictly Patrick vocals. Young playing bass guitar. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, I did not. So I did not it's, understand. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Yep, and then we also have Justin Gibson playing guitar as well. Um, he's a, he's, uh, very skilled and talented and, uh, awesome player in all, in all ways and having he and Brandon, Brandon is a, is, you know, he, he's an amazing sought after guitar players in the market and, uh, he and Justin playing off of one another is just a, is a gift. And, uh, to me, uh, having those two guys in the band, is just, it's phenomenal. That's great. And yeah. I re- go ahead. Playing with Justin is one of the. When it, uh, playing with Justin is one of those dreams as a guitar player, you know, when you say, Hey, c- can you play it like this? He just does it. And you're like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> and you know, you're like going to the <laughs> studio and work, work on his guitar solo and he comes in ready, ready to roll. And, you know, he and I were, were like, it was like, Hey, you know, can you try this lick? And he's like, yeah, how about this? And he always had really solid performances and, just really uh, brought his A game, and always does. That's why we. That's why we hired him. He's so great. Awesome, awesome. How long? How long have you guys been together? Uh, well, well we, uh, this band actually started off. This. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I was just going to say we started working on this as a studio project um, back in around 2012 when we. Uh, 
we we were working on a, a a song for for a TV show, and eventually we got to the place where we were wanting to make it into a band, and we finally got our our final lineup just recently, and it just really all fell into place. The the band that, the people that we had before we're more working on it on the, on the studio project basis. And mm-hmm. now we have people that are really dedicated to being in the project long-term and it's man, just really great. You go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically it's uh, just one of those situations that, that just kind of randomly happened. We were all playing in all these other bands and uh, th- that as, as Brandon mentioned, the, uh, the reality show came up and, and, uh, I had recently gotten to uh, really appreciate Brandon. I knew him. I knew him from the scene in uh, you know Portland, Oregon here, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'd worked together on a, on a couple other projects, um, but supporting other uh, artists. And uh, I just really like fell in love with Brandon's guitar playing and his whole approach to uh, his musicality and writing, et cetera, et cetera. And we were out and we did a show one night. We just kind of a we did a British invasion uh, night, and we were playing, you know, a bunch of like old, you know, Judas Priest, Def Leppard, that type of thing. And uh, we we ended up doing a Ronnie James Dio song. You know, it was a kind of a tribute kind of a night to that 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 time period. Uh-huh. And Brandon hopped on stage. He was one of the guests that night, and uh, he hopped on stage and played "Stand Up and Shout," uh, the guitar solo in "Stand Up and Shout," and I was just floored. And uh, from that point forward, we just kept working together and. This this project came available and, and uh, we got the opportunity to do to do the theme song for this reality show. It was called uh, Heavy Hitters Outdoors, and uh, we wrote this song called Off the Grid Superhuman, which is going to be on our record. But uh, just because it was the first thing that we did and people really loved it, and uh, the project just kind of we kind of just dinked around with it for a few years. Just hey, I got this song and kind of added a song here, a song there. We did weren't really. Our minds weren't necessarily set on it becoming a band, but everything we did, people liked. And so as time progressed, we sped up the pace in the writing and and uh, it just continued forward. And, uh, you know, and lo and behold, over the last couple, so over the last couple of years, we recorded, you know, the real solid body of the of the record. And uh, and once again, people just kept liking it and liking it. And uh, we decided to make a go of it, you know. And uh, Ready for Dead came about. We shot a video for it last year, and, and it quickly uh, turned into uh, many views. On we posted it on Facebook, and it's uh, currently it's at two hundred and seven thousand views. Wow, which is a pretty good number for you know a new band. Sure. And uh, and the the excitement there kept moving, and and uh, and about that time we you know uh, got to know Tom Hazart and David Ellison. Uh, who have EMP label group? David obviously plays bass for Megadeth, right? And Tom Hazard is the singer in Ellison, the uh, Dave's other project. And uh, Tom, is, he's an amazing singer, by the way. I don't know if you've heard that stuff. But I, he's, I he's have. incredible. Yeah, I have. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I got to know those guys. I had dinner with uh, David in Nashville, uh, and we just talked a little bit of business and talked about actually everything. Uh, that night and 
I felt really comfortable with working with those guys. And Tom is just an incredible force in the music industry. I don't, I mean, he's, he's everywhere. I don't, I don't know if the man even sleeps, <laughs> but, uh, he's, yeah. he's on it all the time. He's, he's an incredible entity. Um, but lo and behold, you know, uh, we have this record. We just got out of mastering and it actually just got handed off to distribution this week and the artwork got done. And, uh, you know, that's where it's at right now. And we're looking for to do a pre-release date, uh, pre-sale um, next month, uh, probably 30 to 45 days from now. And uh, and then the record will come out. I think it's July 17th is kind of the target that we're looking at, but we're not 100% positive on that. Uh, any and, issues uh, with manufacturing? That's, you know, no, no, none at all. We're just this is the digital aspect of it. And then we're going to manufacture, you know, some hard copies as well. But um, so far, no issues with manufacturing. Hopefully that doesn't become a problem with this COVID mess. Right. You That's know, why but, I was uh, asking. <laughs> you know, we're really looking forward. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of assumed. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And we work with, uh, we work with, uh, a, through a company here locally called Vaughn Artists and for our distribution. And, and they are, they are aligned with the orchard who is owned by Sony. So our distribution is going through a really solid source. Sure. You know, uh, the orchard is a distribution channel that, that, uh, I, I believe Metallica uses them. And a lot of people are used more and more are hopping on board with the orchard. So, um, they joined forces with Sony and, uh, there was another distribution out there that was called Red, and Sony purchased both of them and and merged it into the Orchard. And it's a really cool uh, it's a really cool entity that's and and they they have a lot of you know they really put you out there on all the platforms. And and I I did a lot of research on that, and I thought yeah, that's the people we want to work with. So and off we go. That you know? sounds good. And does the album have a title? It must. Yeah. What, what's, what's your album going to be called? Self-titled. Self-titled. Okay. Yep. Yep. Got it. Following in the footsteps of yep, many our great first bands. One and we're already writing the next one. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I had said uh, by calling it just yeah, being man. self-titled, I said you're following in the footsteps of many a great band. Because there's been a lot of great albums yes, that were sir. self-titled yes, for sir. the we, debut. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and we're uh, <laughs> we're we're doing nine songs. It's just a power set kind of a thing. Um, very much like uh, Van Halen's Fifty One Fifty, and I think it was Blackout was uh, nine songs. And mm-hmm. we just didn't want to, you know. We have we have a whole catalog of songs that we're going through right now and ready to record and stuff. And we just thought, you know what? Let's just stop at nine because it's a cool number. And uh, we're just gonna we're gonna just you know put it out there and that way everybody gets acquainted with all the songs first. And as we begin to tour, uh, we'll start introducing the new singles too as we as we move along. Right. Yeah, and a lot of musicians I talk to nowadays, you know, are like, yeah, do we really need an 80-minute album anyway? You know, 40, 45 minutes, half hour, whatever is good. We don't really necessarily need 80 minutes. Yeah, I remember a lot no, of the, no, the, best, uh, the best metal albums from the 80s, you know, like Metallica, Master of Puppets, and like, you know, Peace Sells But Who's Buying by Megadeth. They clock in just under 45 minutes, and it's like, 
the best music ever written was on those records that are really short blackouts really short like jeff said right and you know they're like 15 20 minutes aside and you know it's just the, the quality level is higher than one of those records that has 80 you know 80 minutes or something like that i agree and, i think sometimes bands yeah. um when they were wanting to fill every digital minute they could i think sometimes toward the end you know it's like they were stretching a little bit to to just to have something to put on the record so i agree get nine good ones and and leave it <laughs> yeah i mean you know you don't want the listener to get lost in the shuffle and a lot of times just because a band records a song uh you know like just because the band records a song they think they have to put it on the record and that's actually you know in some cases, it's a smart move, but in other cases, it's not. And you can tell that there was maybe a little personal struggle inside the band saying, I want that song, I want that, you know. Right. I wrote that, and it's, you know, it becomes a personal thing. And But in reality, you're putting out a, a product, and, and, and your goal is to, you know, maintain the interest of the listener and for them to love it, you know. And, and uh, that's what our goal is, and we have a solid message that we're putting out there in our music, you know. Uh, as far as our writing goes and, and you know, on this record, we kind of, you know, Brandon and I both appreciate bands like Led Zeppelin and, you know, where they kind of, you know, they've got some really hard hitting songs and then they've got a couple really cool, interesting ballads and, uh, you know, it's the middle of the road tempo stuff, you know, it kind of goes all over the place and it mm-hmm. shows the diversity and, and, you know, it kind of crosses over a couple of genres too, when it comes, you know, it's all rock, but, um, you know, you got your, metal classic rock and and you know active rock formats on radio and uh we just really felt like we wanted to appeal to everybody you know and not that not that it's uh not uh you know consistent with you know the rock genre but it's it's uh one of those things that we just felt like you know what yeah we don't have to sound pre-canned and stick to one thing we can move around a little bit you know as long as the identity is still prevalent Right. You know, it's yeah. uh, one of those things where it's just like, you know, let's let's make an interesting record. Let's keep it relatively short and pick the best of the best of uh, our developed ideas. And that's kind of how we did it. And yeah, like me, uh, we're very intentional about that, you know. And yeah. One of the one of the records that really stands out for me and like the history of rock is like, uh, sorry, Houses of the Holy. And if you can have no quarter and dancing <laughs> days right next to each other. Right. You know, and then go into rain, yeah. you know, and have rain song and all that, all those really beautiful, amazing songs that are really diverse, you know, or you listen to like British Steel and it's like, you've got something like Living After Midnight and then it goes to, you know, all kinds of other craziness too. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that kind of diversity uh, on a record and Jeff and I both kind of have that same feeling about making music and it's not that we're like intentionally trying to hit this, dem- you know, demographic or hit that demographic, you know, we just love rock and roll and, and it's in many of its forms and try to, you know, put music that we love all in one place. And hopefully it, it becomes something that people really listen, love to listen to. And like he said, we're very intentional about it and we want to make sure that it's like the best thing that we can do, but also reach across the aisle and hope, you know, bring in listeners that, that really love it. So, Sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the best albums I've heard, of, you know, of, of new stuff in the last few years has been a great mix, I think, of a fresh modern sound and the classic rock sound kind of 
coming together. Um, I, I, I think that's a good, a good sound. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I mean, what is, what is your kind of a, what is, what is your taste, man? I mean, do you, what are you into? Well, I'm definitely a old, I would say more of a hard rock guy mostly, right? Because I loved Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, um, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then when thrash right. came along, you guys already mentioned my two favorite thrash bands, Metallica and Megadeth. I got into that. And to mm-hmm. this day, what do I go back to the most? Well, I, I love Tesla. They're probably my favorite ongoing band from back in the eighties. Um, so, you know, I, but when I go I back, yeah, me too. They're, they're great. They're, their new um, acoustic five man London jam album is really cool. But um, so that's what I find myself going back to. I've always liked singers like Paul Rogers and Jeff Keith and Steven Tyler. I think they have great voices, mm-hmm. um, the melody. And then there's certain times I'm in the mood more for, you know, just kind of slamming, you know, so I kind of want a fast, anthrax or megadeth or uh, metallica song and then of course i love going mm-hmm. back to ted nugent and and uh, gary moore one of my all-time favorite guitarists and pat travers you know so that's the kind of stuff i like i guess everything's kind of in a hard rock or blues rock vein that i love other than like you know there's sure. some pop stuff i like too the beatles of course i love uh some john mellencamp mm-hmm. some bruce springsteen mm-hmm. stuff like that cheap trick hell yeah i love all that stuff too yeah, cheap trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, the Tesla stuff. I like. I like. Uh, I love their bat, like love song and stuff like that. It blows me away, man. I, I, <laughs> yeah, those guys. They just they they knew they can write a seven minute song and keep and hold your interest. You know, right? <laughs> that's right. that's yeah. talent. You know what I mean? Well, and lyrically too, what that's I've always so cool, appreciated man. about them is, no matter what the subject matter is, for the most part they kind of put a positive spin on it too. You know, it's not like just sad, you know, if something's sad, then there's kind of like an upbeat, uplifting type yeah. message in the lyric. And I, I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Love will find a way. Yeah. Right? That's great. I man. love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, whenever I listen to those guys, I'm just like, even if it's playing in the background, it, it changes my mood for sure. In in a good way. You yeah. know, um, that's that's one of the things I love about that band. It's just really cool. Brandon and I actually did a, we did a, we got a bunch of our friends together one night and we did like a eight song Tesla set just to have fun with it. And and it was special, man. And and I we realized though they're not like a you know they're obviously they're a very popular band, right? But they've never been one of those bands where they're just going for the single. You know, they right. just, they it's and 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 that. And, and the sincerity and the authenticity of their songwriting translated to everybody because when we did that set that night, the entire crowd was singing along with the everything. And and I was surprised yeah. how many people knew every lyric, you know? And yeah. I was just like, wow. You, and it was just a fun little thing that we did, but that, that same energy started, you know, kind of pulsating in the room and it was just like wow uh, it kind of you know it's it's just one of those moments where you're just like wow those guys are special and and you know pulling on the heartstrings and and then you know having the edison's medicines you know type things and right. uh it was a fun it was a fun set it was really fun yeah. and that's kind of what we yeah. shoot to do too you know we have that kind of thing 
for trying. Yeah, te- you know, Tesla's music is actually really hard to play at times too. You don't really think of them as like shredding guitar players, but they really are. Frank Cannon and Tommy Skeo. Oh, yeah. And the new guy, Dave Rude. Dave Rude he's, is awesome too. They're yeah. All just, yeah, I love Dave's playing, and he, he's he's a very nice guy too. Yeah. And you mentioned yeah, an album yeah. like Led Zeppelin cool. yeah, with it. Oh, go 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 ahead, uh, Jeff. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I was just kind of trailing off there. What were you saying about Zeppelin? <laughs> well, I was going to say, you, you know, talking about Tesla, and then you had mentioned, you know, the diversity in a Led Zeppelin record. You know, Tesla's kind of that way too. I mean, this, they have some really just super hard hitting stuff, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the song, there's a there's a nice melody there. You know, and a lot of dynamics. And that always kind of the way they structure the songs reminds me of Zeppelin when you were mentioning Houses of the Holy, the kind of different dynamics yeah. contained within those songs. That's kind of a cool thing, too. Yeah. yeah it always blows me yeah, away. It's always the lift, I, you know what I mean? Right. When I, when I see Jeff Keith live, he's just blowing his voice as hard as he can. And then the next night he comes out, he sounds just brand new. And then... I've never, I've never seen a singer just blow it so hard, you know, and I'm not sure if he's like a trained vocalist or whatever, but he hits those words, every single one of them with as much finesse and, you know, I, I wouldn't say finesse, he's, he hits it as hard as he can. And then the next night he does the exact same thing. It's mm-hmm. really amazing to watch him perform. Gosh. Yeah, it is. And and he still sounds, you know, really good too. You know, it's harder as we get older and uh, his, his voice is still there, you know? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So we. Yeah. So we. Yeah, he, it's just his note. His, his notes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. I was. I was just going to say that uh, he's. He's always his sense of melody. Uh, in in many of my favorite songwriters and singers, uh, the sense of the note selection. There's always a lift. You know, he always knows how to like lift and, and the. You know there's a lifting that happens in like some of the choruses, you know, I go from this, you know, forlorn kind of sad moment in the verse. And then all of a sudden, but Hey, there's sun coming out and we're going to lift you all up and make you all sing along right now. Right. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's one of the things that I love about those guys. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anyway. I, I had the yeah. opportunity to do an, an interview with Jeff Keith, uh, two or three weeks ago now. And this didn't end up in the interview part, though, um, the way the interview flowed. But I had asked him about his songwriting. You know, where does that come from? You know, and and he said, he goes, yeah, man, he goes, it's just, you know, I just try to take what's in my heart. And that's what I want to sing about, you know. Um, So when I write lyrics, it's just coming Mm -hmm. from from inside me, you know, just from what I'm what's in my brain and in my heart. um, That's what I write. I don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not necessarily trying to think of something specific to write it's just what's inside of me you know and I thought that was a good answer and as far as his voice you guys mentioning his voice I did ask him about that and he said well when they're out playing you know he did the interview with me now because obviously they're not out playing because we're all stuck at home but um, when they're playing then he doesn't do interviews he, he rests his voice until the show so I think that's how he rebuilds himself for the next night yeah, talking is actually one of the hardest things on your vocal cords. Believe it or not, it's it's uh, it's 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 harder on your vocal cords than singing. Actually, I think um, just because it's uh, you're you know you're talking in your throat typically, and you're not you're not placing your voice in your head. Uh, you know, you're not you're not use, you're using your, your your. It's more strain on your vocal cords to talk, 
than it is to like, because you, when you're singing, you're used to vocal chords where you kind of bypass them and, and you get the resonance in your head. And there's different types of uh, techniques but that a lot of people use, but talking is hard on your voice. Interesting. Yeah, I've had a few people tell me that. I never knew if I believed it or not, because it seems like talking would be easier on your vocal cords, but maybe not. Oh, man, it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's really hard because I'll do like a five hour run of like guitar lessons or something like that. And then I got to go sing at night and I'm half blown out when I start because I've just been, you know, talking to my students and, you know, making phone calls or whatever all day long. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's tough. Interesting. Well, we talk, we've talked a lot yep. about bands yep. that we love and Tesla. <laughs> Going back to your guys' <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you've got... All things Tesla, actually. <laughs> all things Tesla, yes. We're all big fans. So, hey, Jeff, if you're listening, we love you, man. Um but anyway, going back to the Loyal Orders music, um, tell us a little bit about the record. Um, you know, what we're, we're obviously we're, we're talking about all these influences and all these musicians we love. How would you describe the final product that you guys are putting out? What kind of music do, you know, who would you close? If somebody's brand new to the Loyal Order, who would you say, well, if you like this band, you're going to love this record? Well, you know, there's a lot, I mean, for my guitar playing, you know, like the elements that I, that I draw from, you know, are pretty broad spectrum. You know, if, if I try my two, several of my favorite artists are like the Foo Fighters. I love Dave Mustaine's riff writing and James Hetfield's riff writing. And, uh, but I also, I love like, I love the, I love Voivod and I like Slayer and I like, you know, underground bands like the helicopters that when I, you know, but I also try to just, I never really like bring those things into the, the writing room. It's always more just like, that's, that's the, the vocabulary that I come from. You know, if I, you know, if I, if I was born in France, I would speak a certain way, even though I spoke perfect English, you know, it's now it's, it's like all those influences. I just kind of let them, percolate in and if they work with what Jeff's singing or idea that he has, you know, those, you know, metal influences or rock influences or funk influences or whatever, they can give it a, give it a flavor that, that might, you know, might give it something unique. So I I guess what I like to think of is when we're writing for their loyal order, it's always got that particular loyal order sound. And if it doesn't have that, we try to, you know, if, does that sound too much like Metallica or something? And, you know, just massage it until it finds our loyal order type of vibe. And the, I think we really love to kind of create together in that way. Wouldn't you say, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, one of the things that Brandon and I uh, have established on this record is we've developed our own signature. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and songwriting and stuff, you know, and, uh, it's, you know, like you can have two people writing together, like, like, like if Brandon wrote a record with somebody else, or if I wrote a record with somebody else, it would probably sound a whole lot different, you know, um, even though oh, yeah. we do have people that, uh, we pull into our writing process just to kind of color with you know different colors and stuff like that within the record right in the in the you know the tapestry if you will of the record but um 
every band kind of has a signature and uh especially the songwriting signature and then the the sonic aspect of it as well but and how the band delivers the the song but on this record i mean we have we have some real hard rocking songs we have a song called ready for dead uh which you've heard obviously and the the next one on the track the list is a song called hellfire which we just did and uh, we shot a video for that, actually. That's going to be out really soon. Uh, and then we have a song called, and Hellfire is kind of a, it's a kind of a, it's a darker song with a pop chorus. Hmm. And, um, and then we have a song, and it's, it's a pretty solid kind of a, kind of a, maybe a, if I had to compare it, like a Queens of the Stone Age meets Foo Fighters kind of vibe. And then we have a song after that called Half-Life. And that is a really kind of a, it's a mid-tempo rock song with kind of a poppy almost sounding chorus. But uh, the the verses are, you know, Allison changes kind of chords, the, the big open splangy, really pretty chords that they used on like, you know, the rooster and, and a lot of their other things. Right. And uh, that's kind of a mid-tempo song. And it's, it's just kind of a big warm bath of a song, um, but it's, it's with a solid pocket. And then we have a song called Fucker Fight. Um, that's kind of a punk song, punk rock, rock pop kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, and then an, a ballad called a ballad called Colorblind, which is uh, which is basically kind of a it's got a lot of '90s vibe in it, and uh, it's a it's a it's a balladish kind of song, but it's got a huge at the end by the time we're at the end of the song it's just this massive uh you know array of sound and many it was really hard to mix actually uh then we have a song called i fall silent which is uh kind of a uppity kind of rock song and then superhuman the song that we did for the uh the 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 uh reality show is on there and that's a hard rocking kind of metallica what would you say, Brandon? Superhuman is kind of Metallica meets. With the riff, the riff was like very like Pride and Glory, like Zach Wild ish kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It has yeah. it has this kind of Southern vibe to it, so it definitely reminds me of like yeah, like Skinner hanging out with with Metallica and, and Zach Wild or something. I like the sound there of you that. Go. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep, and then we have a song called "The River," which is a, a really pretty ballad. Um, it's you know very thought-provoking kind of a song. It's about you know, it's about it's about destiny really, and and reaching out. And then uh, the the album closes with a a really hard rocking song called "Fall to Rise," uh, and in parentheses it says uh, "Shavaktani," which is a Hebrew word, and that song is about walking into your 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 created design. It's about dying to self, dying to the the perceived self that you know society places on. Like this, you're going to be this, and you're going to be that, and this is the path that you need to walk to have a successful life. And a lot of times, people find themselves lost, and they realize they spent you know ten to twenty years walking down the wrong trail. And that moment where you realize I have to die to that person in order to to be the person that I'm supposed to be and what my real destiny is in life, you know, and and it's that it's that creative design that I always I, I talk about in, in quite a few of these interviews that 
it's uh you know that thing that you do that you you you'll do it for free until they have to pay you for it or um you'll you'll be in the recording studio or you'll be in the art studio painting uh you know doing a painting or sculpting something or building a house or designing a bridge whatever it happens to be all of a sudden 12 to 15 hours have gone by and you realize you haven't eaten all day <laughs> right or, or it seems like 10 minutes have gone by you know and that song is kind of it's about coming into that and it's a the the verses in that song are very very hard like i basically you know kind of scream rap almost not rap but uh kind of that type of thing and then the choruses are big huge uh allison chainsy kind of harmonies and it's a really heavy tune and 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 it's one of my favorite tracks on the record because it's a very busy song but the way that it was crafted um you can hear all the busyness i mean you can hear a lot of times you know when you have a really busy tune uh everybody kind of gets lost in the flurry of notes you know but somehow i'm not sure how we did it brandon but uh we took these really solid musical ideas and 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 it's kind of a common there's, there's even some like iron maiden kind of in that in that in this song too, like some of the harmony, the guitar work that Brandon did on this record is phenomenal. Um, and I think yeah, we did, the, did all of the strings. I was just going to say, I, I think the reason that, that those, that that space is in there that, that helps keep the busyness from being too, too busy is just, we like the, the focus on melody and something that's memorable you know, like I, I never play for me. I never play anything. I can't remember. You know, it's like, what was that thing that I did? You know, I, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think of it that way. You know, it's like if I, if I usually, even if it's a little bit complicated, somehow it sort of presents itself in my head first. And then I have to, I have to sort of cut away, you know, it's like musical archeology, span you know, like how do I get to the thing that I'm thinking about without losing it? You know, and, and I have right. to do it really fast. So I just, like you know yeah it, but if i can't remember it it doesn't really i know no one else is going to be able to remember it either you know so i try to make sure that what i'm and if jeff's not really remembering it it's really like well he's not gonna be able to sing over that so if but if the busyness works and we can you know hear it all together and it sounds like it makes musical sense and it's oh man it's sometimes it's really gratifying to play something like that it just feels so good and uh yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's how I did it. If, if 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 you were really asking that question, that's how I did it. That's how I think of it. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, that's kind of you know that's that's the the closer on the record too. So we we start on a on a really solid you know ready for dead, and we end on a really solid screaming our head off. <laughs> I mean, when I was tracking, when you, you when. When you when you hear that that track at the very end of the song, I, I was in. Uh, you, it, the way if you listen to the track, you would think it would be the hardest song to sing on the record because it was a lot of screaming and stuff. But I I was just in a certain spot that day, and I tracked every vocal on that entire song in a very short amount of time, like four hours, and 
at the end of it, I was, we were listening to the end of it as I was tracking it, and I looked at uh, Rob Jake, our producer, and I go, I think I want to do a scream here, Dan. And he goes, okay, let's try it. And uh, we started running it, and he actually had went back further in the tape than I thought he did. <laughs> and I uh, and I busted into this scream at the end, and it and I went, oh, my God, I got to keep going. I just realized I jumped in a little too soon. It was totally by accident. But I ended up having to hold this screen for 18 seconds. And I was just like, <laughs> and and about halfway through, because I started to feel the pressure, I like, you know, I had a good solid uh, breath in, but about halfway through, I kicked into an overtone. And it was just one of those magical moments. <laughs> and it just, I ended up, and it was a one take thing. And he looked at me and he goes, what the hell was that? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> and we kept it. It was just, a, it was crazy. It was just one of those things where it just happened, you know, but uh, it's a great way to end the record. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And things like I that, when it just that happens dream. is the best. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, time. yeah. It, was, it was frightening. It made my hair stand <laughs> up on my arms. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> That's a that's and, a good uh, that's I'm glad so you're far, mentioning been, that because I wanted to know that that show with Puddle of Mud yeah. was that this lineup or was that before this lineup was together? So you're you're getting ahead of me here. That's good. You're answering a question I was going to have. Yeah, that that is it was our first show and our only show <laughs> because we were ready to just kick off and start doing this string of things, you know. And uh, we were talking to Tom about you know, where we needed to get on, what tour we needed to hop on and, you know, do, do the right shows to kick off with, you know? Right. And then COVID hit, of course, but the puddle, the puddle of mud show came in. Uh, there's a place called the Bossa Nova ballroom here in Portland, and it's got a phenomenal sound system and lighting system. Uh, and we were asked to do this puddle of mud show. And I thought, you know what, this is the one, this is the one. And, uh, the guys all hopped on board and, and, we rehearsed the band a lot and we got ready for it and got really prepared and went out there and, uh, the line was around, there was a lot of people wanting to come see us. So the line was around the block, but we couldn't have asked for a better situation to walk into, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, we went out there and the energy was incredible. And me, like it's, you know, I mean, I've sang, you know, a song here and there, you know, like, you know, playing my bass and doing that thing, but I've never really been front guy. So that was actually my first front guy experience too. Mm, okay. uh, and, uh, the, the energy, the energy from the crowd was just amazing. And I, I, like I was saying, telling somebody the other day that I don't really remember a whole lot about it. It was kind of a transcending thing, you know? And I remember uh, a lot of it. And it was amazing. On. Yeah, I mean, I remember the crowd and I remember, you know, the energy and all that stuff. But I mean, I can't remember specific moments because I was just lost in it. You know what I mean? Sure. I just kind of, 
it was the best thing, you know, it was just, to me, it was just all this one big feeling. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. The crowd was crazy and the energy was just mind blowing, man. The, 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 the transfer of energy between like when you're performing live, the crowd feeds you, you know, it's either the most, you know, like I could have gone on for another hour easy, but if you go out and the crowd is not getting what you're doing, it's, it's very draining, you know? So Mm -hmm. I've been in both situations, you know, playing bass and, um, but this, this was the perfect opportunity for us to introduce the band and everybody was on board and everybody came out and, you know, it was full of friends and, and, uh, fans that we hadn't met, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure we turned a couple of Puddle Mud fans into our, uh, into our, uh, you know, introducing ourselves to them too. It was, right. it was just a great night, you know? Um, it was really um, weird though like, too. You know, like we, we were set to go. I was just going to say, it's really weird too, because usually when you see a headlining act like that, the, the floor is empty. And then as soon as the headlining band comes on, the floor is full. And we didn't have that experience. Like everybody was at the balcony and everybody, the floor was entirely covered with people. And we were just like, okay, this is real. Let's do this. Right. Right. Well, maybe it helps that you're the hometown band, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I think it does, it does help a little bit, you know, like we, you know, we knew, we, we saw a lot of our friends from the stage, but it, it was, it was so exciting that people actually were there wanting to hear our music. And sure. um, uh, so I feel so blessed that, that that people really got on board with what we were doing. And the band was so ready to deliver. And man, just very thankful to, to have had such a great um, homecoming, but also like coming out party for the band. It was great. I bet it was. So when this, uh, if this COVID stuff allows for live shows sometime this year, uh, do you guys think you'll try to hit the road still in 2020 and, and behind this record, or do you think you'll have to wait till next year? It's hard to say, man. It's really, it's hard to say because, you know, depending on, once again, for, for us, it's the right show, you know, and uh, Tom has been, you know, kind of throwing a few things out there to us and saying, you guys should play with this band and this band. And he's been chatting, chatting us up to some, some of the bands that are more established in touring and without naming a bunch of names, it's, they're all impressive, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just kind of waiting for the, for the right shows, you know, um, the right string of shows, the right show, whatever that happens to be, um, you know, but right now it's kind of hard to decide to take a show because you don't want to go play a show that nobody shows up at because they're afraid they're going to get sick and die, you know? So right. you kind of have to be careful about that selection. We, we do have one show booked right now in November with the band loudness. And, uh, I think that's, I think that's a pretty safe bet for us to do that show. So, um, those guys are phenomenal. And I, you know, you know who they are, right? Loudness. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. I love loudness. Yeah, so it'll be a fun, fun thing. And, and that's in the Boston Oval Ballroom here in Portland as well. So I'm noticing, uh, you know, that a lot of the podcasts and radio things that we're doing are in the Midwest. And I've always kind of known that 
you know, you can almost snap a chalk line on, <laughs> on the map, um, and, and connect a, that the towns that have been most responsive, mm-hmm. although it's everywhere, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the East coast that are, people are really appreciating us and some, some spotty stuff on the West coast in California, you know, Oregon, but, um, it just seems like the Midwest is kind of been the most responsive looking at the radio reports. I mean, we, we put our first week in active rock. We, we debuted on the billboard at number, uh, 59 mm-hmm. and we moved up 10 spots last week. So it's, it's only, we've only got two reports from active rock and right. we moved up 10 spots and we're, uh, one of the big, we're the greatest gainer. We were like second to only second, only to, uh, uh, five finger death punch. That's, that's so excellent. That's those excellent. Are all good responses. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so we're hoping to get in that top 40, uh, on the, on the modern rock format or active rock format, whatever you call it, um, within the next week or two. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a good thing, you know, I mean, the, and, and those, the people we're working with, they, you know, I was just going to say, and those ads are for the ready for dead song yes sir yeah. that's we're just pushing the one single right now and just kind of laying out the carpet for the record to land you know right and uh then we'll start you know we'll see what everybody thinks you know and uh we'll pick another couple singles and keep going you know that's kind of how it's working right so one of the songs that we have on there is that kind of more mid-tempo song called half-life like there's a song called hellfire that we just shot a video for and i'm hoping that 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 gets a lot of uh you know modern rock attention as well and then this song called half-life it's kind of a mid-tempo thing i think it's a good second or third release mm-hmm. uh along with along with uh along with fall to rise and kind of more of a metal format but um yeah that song half-life was I, I it was kind of a sleeper for me i knew it was cool and i love the song but i had a few people reach out to me who have heard it you know like uh uh, the person that was doing our artwork, Melody, uh, she, I, I was, as she was doing our artwork, I thought she's only heard like two songs. And so I sent her a few, a handful of the songs. So while she was doing the artwork that would, you know, she would understand what to do, you know, like kind yeah. of get our identity. Right. And she reached out, she reached out to me. She's like, you know what? I really love that song Half-Life a lot. And I'm like, huh, completely unsolicited, you know? And, uh, I thought, hmm, and I've heard that a couple few times now. So I think that I think that that might definitely be a, a good song to add to radio. Jeff, I don't know if it's totally unsolicited. I sent her fifty bucks right before you called her that day, so you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you did! I knew it. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I love I love that song. Yeah. That, that was uh, just a, a a little story about that tune. That was one of the hardest songs for me to play a guitar solo on in the whole record. It, it something about the way the the bed track of that thing works. It just it didn't play itself for a typical like rock and roll solo. It, it had had something more to it. You know, it's because the bass line that Jeff played and it, it it I had to work on that solo to like really make it 
breathe in the song so that it sounded melodic and didn't just sound like a typical rock solo either. But every time I played a typical rock lick, it didn't work. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So it, yeah. it really caused me some anxiety to make it so that it really breathed with the song and it was part of part of the artistry, not just some solo that people stick on a thing or something. You know, well, it's got a place here. you got to put a solo there. And it's like, no, that's not how guitar solos work for me. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to make it part of yeah, the Brian. song. And... Go ahead, dude. You, you, well, you described it the other day perfectly. You called it reckless, right? Because not really the... the... Isn't that the word you yeah. used the other day to describe the? Yeah, there's, there's a reckless. It is, and it's like kind a, of a reckless solo, but it's yeah, yeah. yeah I really, I agree. It's really it was I, when you when you said that, I was like, that's that's a great way to describe it. Even though it's it fits perfectly, there's a recklessness about it that that um it's it makes it so interesting that solo. It's it's a very it's very because you don't know what's coming. You know, <laughs> and that's what I loved about it. You know, yeah. um, you know, writing that the chord progression of that song came about. I was messing around with the this chord on my acoustic guitar, and I was like, "Where can I play the same formation on the neck?" And I found every because I'm not a guitarist. I just kind of write, you know, splanging chords and doing that, and then I take it to the real guitar players, right? <laughs> but um, I was messing around on the on the neck of the guitar and seeing how many different positions I could play the same chord and where it sounded good. Right. And that's how that song happened. I was just sitting around a campfire. I was, camp- I was camping. And I, I was like, oh, <laughs> what's it? Oh, oh. <laughs> and then I took it to Brandon a little while later and I had it kind of in an odd time signature. Uh, I, when I first heard it, I heard it, you know, in a, a little bit differently than we ended up doing it because we straightened it out in the studio. And when we straightened it out, it all made perfect sense, you know. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how the birth of that song happened, and it's I'm, you know, I'm really pleased. Even, even the even uh, when I went to track track it, the, my original idea was a little too busy and wasn't working. So I did a lot of subtracting from uh, lyrics and and made the made the lyrics, you know, uh, you know, the words are there's a lot less lyric in the song and more long drawn out uh call and answer kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh so it ended up it's just kind of the song kind of took on a life of its own you know it just was kind of like nope you're not going to do that to me but i'll let you do this <laughs> you know and it, was just, it was this interesting uh, process yeah the the guitar the so, guitar track yeah like, with the way we came up with some of that we kind of it was the only one of the only tracks we ever jammed in the studio before we recorded it mm-hmm. so like we were having a little trouble getting that like jeff said straightening it out and making it making the verse really so it had a beautiful melody there and we we jammed with rob our producer he played the drums and it i i started experimenting because jeff was playing bass and finally you know okay now i know what it sounds like with a bass line in there and i was able to create some 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 layers that you know made it sound really ethereal and beautiful kind of like incubus a little bit but like we we just yeah. we worked that song in a way that it it just really connects with me it's one of my favorite songs on the album i just love that song so much yeah and i went the, to, i went to go grab coffee for everybody and i came back and, and brandon had written the middle eight while i went to go get on a coffee run <laughs> and i came nice. back yeah. oh there it is okay cool we're good i was screwing around with jeff's bass and i yeah. i played i i played this thing 
and and uh and rob goes what are you playing and i'm like i'm like, i don't know i'm just screwing around on this, you know on his bass and he goes play it again and so i played the bass line again and he was like okay i'm gonna play a bass, b- beat to that and so we messed around with this this bass line while jeff was gone and uh he comes back with coffee and <laughs> and this to jeff's credit he if it's a good idea if it's something that really resonates with us, like he's like, I don't care if I didn't play it, you know, like sure. play that part, you know, that's really cool. And we, uh, you know, and then of course I had to write a solo over it and it was, it was really hard, but I dug my own grave on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really look forward to hearing this because yeah, some of the best is. songs grow organically like that. So I, I'm sure it's going to be a, yeah. or, you know, even to my ears, you guys already know it's a killer track. I'm sure I'll think the same thing. Yeah. Oh, man, we hope you like it, man. Yeah, man. Again, one of my favorites. Awesome. And then I was going to ask, yeah. um, you know, with with, yeah. with two guitar players, you know, you're mentioning writing leads and stuff. So are you kind of a lead and rhythm thing, or do you have some twin lead stuff going on too? Well, we have, um, you know, on the record, I, I I played the guitar parts, you know, just because we, we hadn't fully formed the band yet. Okay. And when when we finally, when we, I mean, of course, Justin plays a, a ripping guitar solo on our song Hellfire. It's just unbelievable. Um, but the way it works out live, there's a lot, I mean, I, I always wanted to have a second guitar player in this band, but fi- finding someone that was really right for the project and, you know, right attitude, right playing ability, right, you know, right availability, you know, that's not busy in 20,000 bands, you know, you know, when you're that, usually when a player is really, really great, they're in 20,000 bands. Right. So, you know, Justin had just left a band um, that's local called Pseudo Boss, and he was kind of not really having a, a project. So I was like, oh, man, he's one of my best friends, and he plays amazingly. We got to have him on this. We got to have him in our band. So to back up, when we were writing things, uh, I often did, you know, I plan to have a really great guitar player playing with me and you know and i also share leads or whatever it doesn't really matter to me i love playing rhythm guitar and you know if i if i have a really great riff to play or like even just a cool chord progression and a great bass player to jam with i love that i'm i'm all about playing rhythm guitar and Mm -hmm. supporting an amazing an amazing soloist and justin is one of those guys that i'll stand back and play rhythm guitar for all day long i love playing with that guy so it's a it's a really great balance that we have, and not only do we have like, you know, good playing ability together, but he and I have creative synergy together as well. Um, right. We haven't written anything specifically for this project yet, but we've jammed and, and made up ideas together before, and uh, I can't wait to lay that on the rec- on the next record because we're, you know, as you know, Jeff and I are definitely like the main writers for the project. However. You know, we're we like incorporating ideas from the players we work with. It's, it's super important because mm. otherwise, it doesn't really sound like a band. It doesn't, you know, it, and we wanted to we wanted to be a, more of a band. So gotcha. Uh, that and other other than that, I mean, like guitar playing is just like <clears> I, <throat> man. We I totally lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, the question was twin guitar leads, a lot of that, or rhythm and lead, you know, that kind of thing. You know, uh, the, the, 
the song fall to rise has this really yeah. long um middle section to it uh jeff made this bass line up that we were jamming getting ideas together for the song and he goes he plays a thick riff and i was like what do you want me to do with that that doesn't fit the song and he's like you just put it in there it's killer just play it and i was like okay you asked for it so i took that riff and i made an entire <laughs> an entire middle section of the song and uh it has a a, a little bass solo in it and but this bass solo is based on the original melody that he'd played on bass. Mm -hmm. So I, I took that, that melody and turned it like Beethoven takes a motif and he just strings it out to like an entire movement of a symphony. Right. So that's, that's a little bit how I think about how I write. I, I, I took that bass line and made a, har a harmonized guitar solo in it and then, uh, then used it as the bass line directly following it where the baseline before that's not doing the same thing at all so doing i love doing harmonized guitar solos and that's that's one of the the sections on the, the piece that it's definitely going to be a lot more of that i love doing that cool and oh yeah, yeah also, that's one on, of the things that... i was just going to finish uh, on on hellfire there's a harmonized guitar solo at the end um that that i wrote that justin and i will end up playing together um it's a, it's got this sort of tapping, like modern tapping thing. That's not really like Eddie Van Halen tapping, more like, uh, I don't know, like, um, who's the new guy? I can't remember Iron his name now. Tosin Abasi, um, more like a, a modern, hyper-modern metal guy. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, but it's, just... got, it's, it's got some Maiden there too, man. Yeah, it's got some Maiden uh, there too. Like, you know, like some, it's, it reminds me of one of the Maiden uh, guitar harmonies, you know, the, um, you know, Dave and Adrian. It sounds like those guys too to me. And that's one of the cool things that about this record is, uh, you know, in the '90s there was a lot of uh, the the guitar solos became different, you know. And uh, on this record, there's a lot of the my favorite parts about my favorite thing about dual leads and a lot of guitar work came back on this record. And, um, I know quite a few people are doing that now too, but I was just super happy with the fact that there's a lot of, you know, lead guitar work on this record that, is, you know, and none of it's bad. It's all top shelf as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, you know, in having that that element in the record is is just really cool, man. Because, I mean, you know, bringing my favorite things about uh, rock and roll guitars forward to the present, and um, you know, from you know from you know the last several decades, you know what I mean, and having that be a part of of what we're doing right now is cool. Because I I think the world needs more of that. You know, I do too. Instead yeah, of just having the pre-canned you know, instead of just having the pre-canned, you know, noises uh, that people are, a lot of people are doing, you know, uh, you know, having actual real musicality and, and you know, you, you know, having, not just relying on a machine to have things, you know what I mean? But, yes. but actual, you know, real solid, you know, guitar playing, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I love Brandon's work so much, you know, and Justin's and, and having Patrick Young on the in the band laying just meat and potatoes bass underneath it is really cool too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I I always used to look up to Patrick. You know, I was, I always looked up to his playing. 
and uh, having him say yes and, and being a part of this is, is just kind of completed it all because it was a real hard decision for me to even have a bass player in the band, you know. But being that you are I'm one, like, yeah. Who can do this? Yeah, yeah, you know. And yeah, it's hard it was, for me to. Uh, yeah, and giving somebody that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I was just going to say, you, Jeff is one of my be- favorite bass players at, of all time. I love playing bass and guitar with Jeff. He's he's killer on the bass. Uh-huh. And so I, we, I remember this one time we were working on, I think it was the session that we were working on Half-Life. And I was like, man, I don't want to have anybody else playing bass in this band. You know, like, can Rob, can you tell Jeff to play bass, please? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And we were all like, yeah, dude, play bass. And then, you know, we, you know, got further down the road and Jeff was really adamant about being just a singer, you know, not just a singer, but like being the singer. Right. And it, it started to make more sense when we were starting to rehearse. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you can't really play bass with this kind of vocal. It's, it's, a, it's a much more vocal kind of thing. And you have to use full body to do this thing. And, you know, having a, a dedicated yeah. bass player that's as, exceptionally skilled as Patrick is it was vital to this project and, sure. and we're I'm mm-hmm. I'm really glad that Jeff stuck to his guns because otherwise you know I don't I don't, I don't know that it would be as, as as solid as it is you know as great a bass player as Jeff is it's still like yeah it's so different well the way that I the way that I look at that is basically I had to make a decision I was like so like as a bassist having the most important thing other than playing the right notes is to have a good solid sense of pocket, you know, and that pocket is the relationship. It's the, it's the result of the relationship between the bass player and the drummer. Yeah. You gotta have the groove. It's more than, it's not even really something. Yeah, man. And if you can't, if you don't have, I mean, you could take, you know, two different or whoever and put, put them in with whatever drummer it happens to be. And if the drummer is, it's a, it starts with a drummer, obviously. The drummer's got to have that solid meter and in good pocket and just in their playing. And there's something that's invisible. You can't really, you know, put a finger on it, so to speak. And then the bass player is the bridge between the drummer and, and the notes, right? The musicality. Uh, not, not the musicality, but the notes, like the actual, you know, because there's plenty of musicality in drumming. But that relationship is super important and the magic thing that occurs between the bass player and the drummer is pocket, you know, and you can feel it in the, and then everybody else plays on top of that. And if you don't have pocket, you got not, you have nothing. And so as a singer, uh, you know, and having that be kind of a new instrument for me too, on top of all that, I, I, I felt like if I was going to play bass and sing, I know I can do it. I could, I would literally sit down and, 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 and make it work, you know, it would take a lot of, you know, very intentional practicing and stuff to make, because it's a lot of it syncopated, the, the, the way that you would have to sing. So you'd be using, you know, every region of your brain to do it right, like Getty Lee does and stuff. But I just was like, you know, I am not going to sacrifice if If I'm, and I'm always given 100%, but my 100% singing and playing bass at the same time in this band, uh, I feel like that hundred percent would actually be like 80% or 85%. And I didn't want to even sacrifice that amount um, to take away that amount from either the bass playing or the singing. So 
I just was like, no, I got to deliver this. This is what I'm going to do. And uh, I stuck to it. I, I'm like, I knew, I know there's somebody out there who will really appreciate what we're doing. Right. And Patrick ended up being the guy. You know, um, we have another guy in the record, uh, Dane Ryan's a bass player from around town, just a phenomenal player, great guy, really wanted to do the, do it, but uh, he just, he's busy with a bunch of other projects and another original band and, then it's just the timing wasn't right for him to to be you know to fully dedicate himself to it. So he was our first idea, and I really wanted him to because he's a great great friend of mine. But we just kind of was like, you know what? It's just it's uh, maybe it's not time for that right now. Right. And that's when Patrick yeah. came in, and uh, we reached out to Patrick, and I, yeah. I I asked him and said, hey man, I really want you to do this show with us. And and Patrick's just a solid guy. I mean, he's he's a he is a great facilitator on top of all that. He's the guy that brings up the set list, brings the set list to the gig and he's got shaded portions of it where there's going to be a guitar change or, <laughs> you know, he does, he's really is an organized person right. and, you know, he can, he can make sense inside of all the chaos. You know, he, he really strives to be a value in other areas than just being a bass player and, and he wants to like, you know, he, partic- he, he participates in all aspects. Wherever we can, he can help, he's there, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's a good yeah, guy to have yeah. on your team. That's kind of it there, though. Oh yeah, man, and, and you know I recognize that, you know, and and having Kyle played, Kyle Baltus played drums. It's just like that boy's an animal. He is an animal, and he he came to practice prepared. Told us that he loved doing the project. Told us that it was special. And he said all the right things to me, and I know he said the same things to Brandon, and we both were like, "Well, let's let's get Kyle in here. He, he really wants to do this, you know." So yeah, uh, we had we, we had some other great oh. we had some other great drummers playing playing on the project, you know, that were working in a, as when we were kind of more of a studio thing, and they sounded great. They're great drummers, you know. But Kyle, we were I was sitting at a, at dinner one night playing, you know, chatting with him, and he goes. I want to be in this band. I've heard your songs. I want to play this music. Literally, those words. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call Jeff. Right. <laughs> and I told him exactly what yeah. Kyle told me. And, and we were like, we both were just like, okay, let's, let's audition him. You know, and, and when, the, when he came to the audition, it was just like, uh, Kyle is so serious about playing music. He makes himself sick sometimes. And it's just, it's, it's so amazing to watch how hard he hits the drums and he just gives it his 100% plus mm. know, when he plays the drums. And it, it's so, I'm grateful to have a drummer that wants to be there at that level. And sure. Patrick's the same way. He gives, he, like, speaking to, I, I play with Patrick in, in another band and he is absolutely, he, like Jeff said, he's super 100% prepared and, I, I walked into rehearsal one day with him in this other project and we, we were like, I, I just said, Hey man, can you play this riff? And I, I played him the, the riff for, um, for, I fall, uh, for fall to rise. And it took him a second, but then he goes, is it kind of like this? And I went, yes, it is just like that. And I told Jeff that, that I think we have, I think we have our guy if he's interested. And it took him a little while to make the decision because Patrick likes to make decisions based on like, a really well thought out plan, you know, and mm-hmm. the the whole organization thing is, is important to him. So he really just like brought that same level of, of intensity to making that decision that he does with everything. And he decided 
said he wanted to do it, and we were absolutely happy to have him because he's just killing it on the bass when he plays with us. It's awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and, and he he like definitely he definitely you know he definitely brings brings a lot to the table. We've done a couple little uh, projects while during this COVID thing where we did uh, uh, Tom and David asked us to do uh, an acoustic version of Ready for Dead. And because they were doing this thing with the Grammy Youth Education Foundation, and right? I think that's how you say that. And the David and the David Ellison Youth Foundation, and we did this social distancing, you know, one take live kind of thing, uh, where and we shot a video for it. I don't know if you happen to see that or not, but don't think I did see that. Ready for Dead. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So. We've been doing some little side things like that while this was going on as well, you know. And if Tom asked us to do something, we're like, yeah, we'll do it, you know, because he knows. He knows how to guide, and he's he's been really helpful doing that kind of a thing, too. And, and you know, maintaining, uh, you know, like that relationship with those guys and, and, and the honor of being asked to play along. Sure. You know, there was, there was some pretty serious entities involved with that. With that that uh, program it was a simulcast right yeah when i went i was like we gotta bring it we gotta bring it guys you know you i'll I'll tell you a little story about my my moment on that show i had you know who mitch perry is right ralph yes yes well he was he was on the show when i went to go talk about teaching guitar with because they they're i'm going to be doing some teaching with the david ellison youth music foundation are you part of that i haven't asked them yet uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't. I I hadn't asked them yet if I could be involved, and I was really nervous. And when I popped into the back room stage, and I'm like, "Oh man, that's Mitch Perry. Oh man, I got to talk about teaching guitar in front of Mitch Perry. This is weird." <laughs> oh man, Mitch, Mitch Mitch is such an awesome guy. You, nothing to be uh, scared of there. Oh, I, I've I've met him before. He's yeah, yeah he, he's super he's nice. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just a little bit. Yeah, unner- we jammed unnerving. with him down in Los Angeles. Yeah, we jammed with him down in Los Angeles at, at the Whiskey Go Go on Jam Night, Ultimate Jam Night down there. And Mitch, Mitch played with us, and we played with uh, uh We did a set with Delana. I don't know if you're familiar with Delana. Um, she was mm-hmm. on a. She, was, you know, came into the spotlight through with this uh, this show called Rockstar Supernova that was on television. No, nope, uh, definitely not familiar with that. Had been like ten years ago when she did that. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's phenomenal, man. Uh, it was in NBC, I think it was, and she's from South yeah. Africa, and uh, she now lives in Holland. But mm-hmm. we, her and Mitch have done a lot of work together. So Mitch hopped on stage and played with us, uh, you know, and, and her in, in the in the at Ultimate Jam Night and and the Whiskey Go Go. Right. So yeah, and Mitch the is, cr- the cr- we got. In, we just played the zombie, uh, zombie by the Cranberries. It was, a, it was a really, it was one of my favorite performances oh, yeah. I've, I've ever done. Such a great band. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and then Mitch has a jam night that he does in uh, down there in L.A. in this cool little pub, and we went out and watched him jam, and I was like, oh my god, I knew he was good, but I had no idea that he was that good. You know? Oh man, the guy, yeah, the guy he sure he is. Just amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. And it's like, yeah, his guitar is just an appendage, you know what I mean? He's just like right. it's it it doesn't mean he he doesn't even have to really think. 
He just does. Right. <laughs> and it's always good. But, but Brandon, you were saying, though, that that was a big moment for you with this? You were starting to see- Oh, yeah. I mean, like, but no, I think it was, uh, you know, with this band, definitely, like, when Tom asked us to do something, you better bring your A-game. It's there. You know, it's, it's, it's happening. And the people that you've worshipped your whole life are in the room. You better watch out. You know, and so the, the it's really gotten. I mean, I I practice a lot anyway, but it's it's just it's a mental preparedness thing that you have to. I mean, for me, I, that I have to bring when I go into stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Tom put he'll do it. He respects you, so he puts you in the room with people he respects, and right. that's that's the biggest part of it. So you better respect yourself, or you're gonna fall apart. <laughs> It's funny. And it's uh, it's been a really yeah. it's been a really exceptional time working with him, and um, you know we we hung out with him at Nam. Uh, that was a wonderful experience where he he walks up to uh, somebody there and goes, "Hey, this is the Loyal Order. You should tour with them." And we were like, "Yes, you should." <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I remember it very well. Yeah. Yeah, he has a, Tom Tom really believes in our project and he he in our band and he 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 sees it and uh he saw it from the beginning. Right. And I think he didn't know how real and how serious we were until we started working together and and you know, he's he's just like, you know, you need to do this and this and here's where we need to go with this and he just kind of knows how to navigate on some of the trails that uh that you know, I have I haven't been on, and uh, and especially with the people, the the network of people that he has, um, through all of his experiences and all the great things he's he's done in the music industry, mm-hmm. you know, through, through his promoting, his uh, you know, on top, I didn't even know he sang until about three months after I met him. He goes, "Yeah, I'm a singer." I'm like, "Oh my god!" I was in Nashville with he and David Ellison, and I watched him get up and sing live for the first time. I was like. I didn't even know that you, I knew you did a little bit, but I didn't realize that you were an actual killer singer. You know, right. he doesn't, he doesn't brag, you know? So, I and then uh, a couple of weeks ago, they, they don't know me. They know that I play bass, but they don't know me as a bass player, which is a strange thing for me because that's how most people know me. And, uh, I got, a, I, he sent me a text a couple of weeks ago and he's like, Hey, you play bass, right? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, go look at David's page. We're challenging you. And so they took uh, an Ellison song and they challenged a few bass players to, to do a play along with it and, and record yourself playing along with their song. And I was like, that's interesting. Let me check this out. So I downloaded the song. I'm like, wow, there's some chops in this. And, uh, and I go, who else is doing it? And so it was me, uh, Myself, the the uh, suicidal tendencies bass player and the mm-hmm. butcher baby's bass player, all did these playthroughs, and uh, and you know we put it out online and stuff, and then they promoted it and did all that stuff. It was a really fun thing to do with those guys. But Ellison was like, uh, I he didn't even know I played bass because <laughs> I I all I'd talked to him about is the little order stuff, you know. So sure. it's kind of a, kind of fun to uh, to do that as well. And was yeah. that uh, yeah, was that was that play along thing for the Simple Truth song for the Ellison song yes. Simple Truth? Yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, I saw a few of those. Maybe I maybe I yep. saw yours yep. too. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, yeah, there's three Tom, or four of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Tom, Tom hooked me up with this really cool opportunity when, when I went on Mega Cruise. I, I went on Mega Cruise as a fan. I, I didn't even know Tom was going to be on it. And uh, I had some friends that were um, that work on that. And so we did this jam called Rare Hair. And Tom and Dave Ellison and Dirk Verburen came up on one of the tunes. And we played uh, we played Wake Up Dead, me and, me and a couple other guys played with those guys that was a that was a pretty mind-blowing experience to get to play my the very first song i ever learned with the band really wow <laughs> blew me away yeah <laughs> that's very yeah, cool you know, we, i didn't get to play with mustaine yeah. mustaine or kiko but like it still was just like david ellison and dirk reberian i mean still one of the best rhythm sections i've ever played with amazing probably the sorry jeff <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> well, guys, before we um, before we yeah. wrap things up, yeah. let me ask each of you, since we have this kind of delay thing here, too, sometimes it's uh, a little hard. So, Jeff, I'll ask you, is there anything today that uh, you wanted to mention or talk about that or question that you wanted to be asked that I didn't ask you? Is there anything else uh, you want to tell us about the Loyal Order? No, man, I think, I think we've basically covered all bases, but, uh, you can, you know, like I said, the record's going to be out in July and, uh, there will be pre-sale in June. And as for now, you can download ready for dead, either the video or the single on iTunes and pretty much like any platform you want it. But, um, you know, uh, downloading the videos kind of, you kind of get the whole picture right there. If you do that on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, and then you can find us at theloyalorder.com or The Loyal Order on Facebook, and we have a Loyal Order Instagram as well. Okay. And the same question for you, Brandon. Anything else that you want to mention about The Loyal Order or anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Hmm. I'm thinking about this. That's a good <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> um, ask Jeff how he likes uh, trying to sing on a sold out show with a kick drum up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> stage, stage space was tight, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. It's always when good when you have like a whole foot uh, in front like of you. Of yeah. Well, yeah, you, I had a, I had a, I had a relatively small area to work with as far as running around goes, but, I definitely can hear all the cymbal crashes, that's for sure. <laughs> and heard them for the next few days, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. I accidentally, I didn't do this on purpose, yeah, I swear. I actually had the most room on the stage as anybody. Like, I had I put myself on the, the stage right, and I didn't know that it was going to be, like, had, like, probably 10 square feet just to myself, and I looked to the left, and everyone's looking at me like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Not my plan. It's funny. Well, hopefully <laughs> once things open up and you guys get out there again, you, you'll have a little bit more stage space in the future. Oh, we will. Yeah, I'm sure of it, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, you just kind of go with the moment, you know. 
Just make it happen. Use it. Use what you have and take the way you have and work with it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else, Brandon, besides that? Nope. That's all I have to say. I just check out the lawyerorder.com. Check out the lawyerorder on Facebook. Watch our video. Buy our song. We, we are working really hard to bring the best possible music we can bring to the world. And, um, we just, we want to share it with the world because we really believe in this stuff. And we've been working on it for a long time. And we just, I mean, every note on this record, I love, and I can't wait to play it for, for you guys. It's got all your guys's blood, sweat and tears in it, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you to Jeff Braun. Oh, man, I just messed up your name. Jeff Buhner and uh, Brandon Cook from the Loyal Order for joining us today. Loyal Order debut record, we think July 17th about, so look for that um, in another month and a half or so, and hopefully sometime we'll see the Loyal Order in person on the road and get a chance to check you guys out live, which I'm sure would be a blast. And uh, thanks a lot, guys, for checking in with Radio Bypass today. Thank you, Ralph. Really we really appreciate it, you, man. It's it it great to talk to you, man. It is, it's been an honor. Well, thanks, guys. You have a good rest of the day, and we'll uh, be rocking your new record soon. Awesome. Thank you. All right, sir. Take care. So that was my conversation with Jeff Buner and Brandon Cook from The Loyal Order. And um, we're looking forward to their record coming out in July. I wanted to wrap this interview up by playing their current single, Ready for Dead, in case you missed it when I played it before, or even if you didn't, a chance to hear it again. So again, thanks to uh, Jeff and Brandon for joining Radio Bypass. And check out their single, Ready for Dead, coming up right now. (laughs) 